podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a... Friday? Yeah, Friday, on which not a whole lot is happening. But one player is leaving. It looks like Fabio Carvalho is on his way to RB Leipzig on loan. Doesn't look like there'll be an option to buy. I don't really know why we're doing this. That's not a place he's going to get a huge amount of game time. They've been playing a box midfield for most of the past season. And in the advanced midfield roles, they've got Dominic Zabozlai, Emil Forsberg, and Danny Olmo. I don't see Carvalho getting much game time ahead of any of them. In the two forward roles, they've got Benjamin Sesko coming in, Andre Silva, and Timo Werner. So I'm not really sure where the minutes are going to come from. And that's after Nkunku left. And they might still buy others, and they probably will still buy others. And I've seen some people say, oh, well, if Sabozlai leaves, he'll get his minutes. But no, that's just not going to happen. If Sabozlai leaves, they will buy somebody. So don't really understand this move. What is the benefit to Leipzig of playing him regularly if they're not going to have an option to buy him? Unless he does immense things very, very early in that loan spell, I think he's going to be destined to a lot of time on the bench, which isn't going to benefit anybody. So this does just seem like a strange move. Anyway, what I wanted to do today is I wanted to go back to the summer of 1990. Liverpool had just won the first division title, title number 18. We were miles ahead of everybody else in terms of titles won. And look at our transfer business from then to now, over the next, say, six days. So today and Monday through Friday next week. Um, So let's start off in this summer, the last summer in which Kenny is Liverpool manager. Again, Liverpool have just won the title. And our business is as follows. Carl Muggleton arrived on loan from Leicester City, who were in the lower leagues. Tony Cousins arrived from Dundalk in the League of Ireland. Don Hutchinson signed from lower league Hartlepool. Jamie Redknapp signed from lower league Bournemouth. David Speedy, who was 30 years of age, signed from Coventry. Jimmy Carter signed from Millwall. And Ronnie Rosenthal signed from Standard Liège. So that's how we went about our business having just won the league. Going out the door, Alex Watson, Jim McJilton, P. 
People forget Jim Magilton was with Liverpool when he was a young player. Uh, Mike Hooper, Nicky Tanner, they were loaned out. Kenny retired. Yeah. So that's basically what we did. If that's what we did as league champions back then, it kind of shows there's a pattern. Or maybe why we fell into the morass. Anyway, we finished second that year behind a great Arsenal team managed by George Graham. They finished seven points above us. And they're one of the forgotten about great English teams. They only lost once all season. Now, admittedly, they did draw 13 games. But they lost once all season. They scored 74. They only conceded 18. And we had the second best defensive record in the league. We conceded 40. That's how much better they were at the defensive end than everybody else. We did score three more goals than them, but we ended up seven points behind. We lost eight games that year. Let's move on. 91-92. Graeme Souness is Liverpool manager. Kenny had resigned in the April. Souness took over and he said about making changes. Out the door went Gary Gillespie, Steve Staunton, Peter Beardsley, Steve McMahon, Gary Ablett, and Jimmy Carter. Needless to say, Jimmy Carter's stay wasn't a productive one, and we would probably have been better off signing the American president than the Millwall midfielder. Uh, David Speedy's time at the club came to an end as well, and Alan Hansen retired. We promoted Phil Charnock from the under-18s to the first team. We signed Michael Thomas, who'd broken our hearts a couple of years earlier. We signed Scott Patterson from Cove Rangers, Lee Jones from Wrexham, Rob Jones from Crew Alexandra, Istvan Cosma from Dunfermline, Mark Walters from Rangers, who soon as had managed up there, And then our two, at the time, major money signings were Mark Wright and Dean Saunders, both coming in from Derby County. Uh, Needless to say, we didn't have a great year that year. We finished sixth, but we did win the FA Cup. So that was nice, wasn't it? Um, Into 92-93 next. And what joys does Graham Souness have awaiting? Because if you are old enough to remember, you will remember Graham Souness spending quite a lot of money and getting very little return for investment. So out the door, Dean Saunders. We have one season of Dean Saunders. We lose £500,000, which is a lot of money back then. Uh, and that's over. Ray Houghton left. Barry Venison and his great hair also left. Uh, Barry Jones left. Glenn Hyson left. Tony Cousins, after two years, was moved on. Jamie Robinson, a local academy product, he was moved on to Barnsley. And Bruce Grobelar was sent on loan to Stoke. We we promoted uh, Dominic Matteo from the academy. We signed Stigging Gabjornaby. We signed Torben Picnic. We signed David James and we spent 2.75 million on Paul Stewart as soon as tried to find somebody who could do an approximation of what he would have done in midfield. Unfortunately, Paul Stewart could do none of what Graham Souness could do. 
And uh, we ended up finishing sixth that year. Way, way, way off the pace in the first season of the Premier League. Moving on into the 93-94 season, where things started to get really hairy for us. And Sunes lost all sense and reason. Leaving Lee Jones on loan, Steve Harkness on loan, Stigging Bjornaby on loan, Mark Walters on loan, Paul Stewart on loan, Nicky Tanner retired, Isvan Cosma was released after a year, David Burrows and Mike Marsh were sent to West Ham in a deal we'll mention in a minute, Ronnie Rosenthal was sold, and Mike Hooper was sold. Oh, it gets ugly. We did promote Robbie Fowler from the Academy, so that was great. We signed Mark Gale from Crew, And then we made three big money signings. Julian Dix from West Ham, in a deal that included Burroughs and Marsh. Nigel Clough from Nottingham Forest. And Neil Ruddock from Spurs. Julian Dix and Neil Ruddock, two thugs, both of whom had footballing ability, both of whom chose to instead be thugs and not very well conditioned thugs at that either. Um, Sunes was trying to make us tougher. Instead, he made us shitter. Those signings proved to be a disaster. We finished in eighth and he was sacked in the January and replaced by Roy Evans. Uh, Nigel Clough's only real positive moment in a Liverpool shirt came in a 3-3 draw against United, a game in which Ruddock also scored. Ruddock would have some success under Roy Evans in the middle of a back three with Scales to his right and Bab to his left, though it was always better with Scales, Mark Wright and Phil Bab, because Mark Wright was just a better footballer. He just, he struggled to stay fit when we had him. Um, but yeah, that was the end of the Graham Souness era and wasn't it a thing of absolute horror. Paul Stewart, flop. Ruddock, flop. Dicks flop. There's a joke there. We'll leave it. Clough, flop. All of his big money buys. Saunders, flop. Mark Wright, I wouldn't say flop, but injuries meant he wasn't a success. Sumes spent, for, for the time, a huge amount of money. That spending there is the equivalent of what United have done in recent years. But they've obviously sustained it for 10 years. We binned him off after a couple. But that did huge amounts of damage to us. Because we went from a team that won the league in 90, came second in 91, to a team that were finishing eighth in 1994. And we were just a mess. An absolute mess. Couldn't stop goals going in. Couldn't score nearly enough goals. We lost 16 games that year. 
16 games, the most of anybody in the top half, yet to go down to 13th to find another team that lost 16 games. Even City, who finished 16th, lost less than us. Sheffield United were relegated, and they only lost 16 games. A shambles of a season. An absolute shambles. I think what I'll do with this is Monday we'll do Roy Evans. Tuesday we'll do Gerard Houllier. Wednesday we'll do Rafa. Thursday we'll do... We might as well do Hodgson and Kenny as one because Hodgson's only there six months. And then we'll do um, the Brodge on Friday. And obviously you should be aware of what Klopp has done, so you don't need me here to tell you what he's done already. Um, Yeah, so now we'll go around the main Liverpool websites and see what's going on. This is Anfield have a new article up with new pictures of the main stand. Now, if you've been watching along on YouTube with some of the lads that are doing the drone footage, it does appear like progress is a little bit slow. It doesn't appear that um, things are flying along. But, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see if it's ready for the Bournemouth game. There's been some suggestions that it won't be, that we'll have to get that game reversed and the first four games will be played away from home. So we'll see what happens. But the notable thing about the drone footage, and I wish I could find the guy's name. Let me. This is going to be wonderful radio, but bear with me a second. Um, was it Adam Hanlon that sent it to me? No, it was not. Somebody sent me a DM on Twitter, and if I could find it now, it would be an absolutely fantastic thing. Ah, here we go. Um, Niall, Niall Purcell sent this to me. Casey Imageworks is one of the accounts on YouTube. Casey Imageworks. And there's another one called Mr. Drone. And they're doing great videos of the um, of the build. And I was, the last couple of Casey Imageworks videos that I've watched, one of the things he comments on is how quiet of a site it is. So... It doesn't appear like they're progressing as quickly as they maybe should be or that you'd like them to be. So we'll wait and see how it all finishes out. But it it looks like it's going to be great. It does look like it'll be aesthetically very impressive and will fit in with the main stand very, very well. Now, it will make the other two stands, particularly the Sir Kenny, look a little bit dated. And truth be told, it should be next on the agenda to to upgrade and modernize and expand. But obviously there are houses there that have to be taken into account as well. Um, <coughs> training transfers a midfield long list. Jurgen Klopp has set his biggest challenge. This is written by Neil Jones, who's now writing uh, semi-regularly for This Is Anfield, as well as for a couple of other outlets. And he's got his own Substack, I believe. So 
Uh, worth supporting Neil as he delves into the unknown of freelance should absolutely... Him and David Lynch are two of the best local patch journalists when it comes to Liverpool. I mean, Joyce sits alone, but Lynch and Jones are they are better than the likes of Dominic King. They're more clued in than the likes of Bascombe or Pierce, And really and truly, one of the national papers should be picking one of them up and another should be picking the other up. They are absolutely worthy of having that stability behind them. Um, so do check out that article there from Neil and support his work wherever you can. Uh, what else do we have here? Curtis and Harvey Elliott help clinch 14-year first for England against the fellow Reds. England won their first game in the under-21 Euros. Uh, if you managed to catch the France-Italy game, Manu Kone was man of the match. And Kone and Turam showed exactly why we should be buying both of them <clears throat> this summer. <clears throat> Together with Alexis, they would they would be tremendous in midfield. Uh, there's a really good quiz here. Name the 33 Liverpool players to have featured in the last five World Cups. I did it earlier. I got 32 out of 33. One of them, the clue, I, I just didn't guess. I just couldn't get my head around who it was. Um, but yeah, it is a very, very good quiz. Uh, Liverpool, one of 17 clubs to raise season ticket prices, but with the lowest increase. I think it's the first time in a few years they've increased the ticket prices. So fair enough. Saudi Arabia's grip on football set to stay. So how will supporters adapt? I think it will turn a lot of people off, to be honest. Um, moving on then to Liverpool.com. Uh, Liverpool set to confirm perfect transfer outcome. I, I just I don't agree that it's perfect at all. Uh, it is about Fabio Carvalho. Liverpool transfer agreement confirmed amid Real Madrid battle for Turkish Lionel Messi. So the Turkish Lionel Messi is Arda Guler. Uh, he's a player we apparently are very keen on. Um, he has a £15 million buyout, which for an 18-year-old with his talent, who if you get him now will count as homegrown when he comes of age, that is absolutely a deal we should be pursuing. There is no excuse not to pursue that deal. Um, oh, and the transfer agreement is again Fabio Carvalho. Liverpool target who wants to emulate Mo Salah should form part of du- exciting double transfer. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, Adama Bojang. This this kid has been linked to us a few times in recent weeks. He's meant to be extremely talented. I haven't watched him, but people say he's well worth the gamble because the price will be fairly cheap. Um, Liverpool transfer 100% as Jurgen Klopp went quite close to second midfield arrival. So apparently the second midfield arrival was Ergen Koku, a player we've talked about before. Had a great season with Feyenoord. Would have made a lot of sense to us. Um, And apparently we asked him not to sign for Benfica. 
I don't really understand what the logic there would be. Maybe we were looking at another deal and if it fell through, he was a backup plan. I, I don't know, but it is what it is. Um, and then obviously there is reports from David Lynch that we will definitely sign a central defender in this January transfer window. Um, let's see now. We have Liverpool pre- prepare 82k a week contract for hot prospect. This is on AnfieldIndex.com. Um, it's Gabriel Viega. Like he's very talented. If we're signing four midfielders, I'd absolutely want him as one of them. If we're signing three, I think he's too much of a project when we need starters. So if Thiago was leaving, I would say get Gabriel Viega as, as a replacement. Not a like-for-like replacement, obviously. But if we had Turam, Alexis, Viega, and Curtis Jones as our eights, we'd be in exceptional good health in those positions. That's about as good as you can ask for. Um, World Cup star future hangs in the balance. Liverpool or La Liga. Uh, so this is Sophie and Amrabat. Harper Morgan's put a piece together there. Uh, a set, Liverpool's emerging targets. A closer look at Kefren Turam and Manu Kone. Uh, Harper's done this one as well. It's very good. Uh, David Lynch has confirmed... The news of um, Carvalho to Leipzig. Tony Evans, another poor season and Trent Alexander-Arnold might leave. Um, I'm not... I'm not really sure there's any basis for that. Like, let's be honest... Trent was utter garbage last season for three quarters of the year. So I'm not sure there's any chance at all that he would leave. Uh, Tony's had a look back at the summer of 97, where Liverpool signed John Barnes and Peter Beardsley. Everton had just won the league. Ian Rush left for Juventus. Then in the course of eight days, Liverpool changed the nature of the team and bought the two best English attackers. John Aldridge had already come in because we knew Rush was leaving. Ray Houghton was brought in a little bit later. Barnes was probably the second best player in the world. Oh, I think Ruud Hullet might have something to say about that. But, you know, possibly, possibly. Getting Barnes and Beardsley must have been amazing. I was five, so I don't remember. But, yeah. I mean, and two incredible players. Two absolutely incredible players. <laughs> He's decided to boil some piss as well. Moner's update, July 23rd. I think he meant June 23rd. Uh, no sign the club will be sold. FSG still in. No more players have arrived. Transfer fume building. That is happening. Positivity bulletin for those of you that are just, you know, uh, 
ever effervescent with joy. No sign of becoming a sports washing vehicle. Good business done with Alex McAllister. Plenty more transfer action incoming. Uh, Tony trying to pretend he's the beacon of positivity is quite funny, given he's a very grumpy old man. Tony is... No, Tony's just a grumpy man, and he shouldn't pretend he's anything else. Reality check, some big upgrades needed for next season. Oh, well, this is fair. If you're going to be frugal, FSG better get things right. Uh, if Trent Alexander-Arnold is ever tempted to be leave, to leave, to be loads calling a traitor, just because you're a local lad doesn't mean you'd be tied to the club forever. That's fair. That is absolutely fair. Uh, Podcast-wise, there's a new scouted up, and there's a new Media Matters where Dave Davis was joined by Neil Jones to discuss transfer ins and outs, midfield priorities and names, the impact of Saudi Arabia, Trent's new role, and an update on some outgoing. So do check that out. And that's it. That's all I've got, folks. I will see you Monday for the Roy Evans era. There's some good signings, but Jesus, there's some bad ones too. See you then. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.